Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is the center of the city. Now here's late night drunk diver Luke Anderson. And neurotic sociopath Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. Hey, happy Saturday morning, Portland. How's everyone doing out there? Will, let's start with you. How you doing, man? I'm <laughs> out. Oh, oh. Uh oh! Uh oh! That's that sounds like shortness of breath, dry cough. Woo! Will's dying. Will's dying, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna be doing this show solo. Hopefully, he'll make it through. I'm gonna have to jump behind the control boards too. You may or may not know this. Will not only co-hosts this show, he runs the boards. But he dies. It's gonna get ugly real quick around here. Things are going pretty well. Good. I'm happy to hear it, man. Guess what? Uh, chicken butt. I finally started watching Ozark. Oh, did you? Yeah. It starts out okay. I lost interest. End of the first season, maybe the start of second season. I couldn't. I couldn't stick with it. I'm enjoying Silicon Valley. Okay. I've been watching that. I'm enjoying that a great deal. It's starting to get into a little bit of uh, that predictable loop where you're like, "All right, looks like something good's gonna happen." Nope, something bad's gonna happen, which happens to all shows. Especially ones that have like a comedy tilt. Um, Shameless is a show I enjoy very much. But it's like every time they're like, here comes hope. <laughs> no, it doesn't, you idiots. Well, isn't that the arc of every story? Well, that's what I'm saying. That is. I mean, you can't just have a super depressing story all day. I mean, I guess. Uh, well, but that's. But that's never seen I mean. There Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood is just depressing. Okay. There's literally no glimmer of hope in that I, movie. I haven't seen it, but you're None. convincing me <laughs> that I should. None. Yes, but the the you should watch it if you haven't watched it. That's essential viewing. <laughs> Seriously, is it's there, Daniel Day Lewis? Well, you've got me hooked there. I don't think I've ever seen the Last of the Mohicans. Where does my list start for Daniel Day Lewis? You don't need stuff to watch. I need to watch. The ones you need to watch are I would blood. say three movies: My Left Foot. Ooh, I've not seen that. My Left Foot's incredible. Okay. Uh, there will be blood, and then Gangs of New York, and then Gangs of New York. Gangs yeah. of New York, I've seen. Yeah. That's fantastic. And it, it's pretty good. I think Gigs of New York is more about the cast than it is Daniel Day-Lewis, though I've had people like sit in my face and tell me I'm an idiot about that. But I'm like, eh, he was fine. He was good. <laughs> He's very good yeah. in it. But the movie, the movie is also, it just, that's one of those films, and I could be wrong. Somebody said a long time ago that the movie, any any historical movie is more about the time that it was made than the time that it's made about. But that one felt like, you were back in old New York. There was a certain, I don't know, grit to it where you just kind of went, oh, yeah, it was an entirely different world. It's hard to imagine New York as, you know, a, a livestock trading, uh, you know, produce rows and and just kind of the. It's like Godfather 2. That's the same way they portray New York. I mean, well, not that's what as, it was. Not as gangly. Like, yeah. Gangs in New York is more about like costumes and dances and stuff like that. But then like Godfather 2 is about like yeah, literal hard living in New York. Yeah. The cities used to be, you know, these uh, dens of filth and uh, and commerce. And they, you know, that's things that led to, you know, the Spanish flu. 
mean, those were the days where an epidemic could come in and just wipe out an entire city. Now you just get some dude in an Elmo costume walking around with a filthy Elmo costume. Yeah. Times Square was bad, but there's few things that I've ever seen worth worse than a filthy Spider-Man smoking mm. a cigarette next to uh, stoned Jesus on Hollywood Boulevard. Mm. And the, the funny thing about Hollywood Boulevard, it's a major thoroughfare, right? It's Los Angeles. Everywhere you go, you're driving. Times Square's, especially now where they've kind of limited a lot of the traffic, it's very much a pedestrian area. But it's surrounded by these giant buildings. Hollywood Boulevard, yeah, there's some size to the buildings, but it's not, you wouldn't say you're overwhelmed by the grandeur of the architecture. There's not a lot of things to look at besides, oh, there's like the Hollywood Theater, there's, uh, a bunch of gross characters acting. There's a hooker. There's a couple hookers. There's also the Scientology building, which I really enjoyed. But the problem is all of the characters kind of hang out in front of the Kodak Theater or like the, uh, what is it, Man's Chinese Theater or whatever, Grauman's Chinese Theater. Yeah. And right across the street is where all of the characters take their breaks. So you just look across the road and there's filthy Spider-Man with his mask off just looking like he's, you know... The cigarette's going to get me through the day until I can get back to my meth. Pounding a burner with like a Carl's yeah. Jr. burger or something. Well, no, next to him is Jesus eating from the McDonald's. And I'm like, dude, that better be fish filet because I don't want you to you eating cheeseburgers, homie. Zinga! But yeah, there's there's a uh, certain pungent smell of urine uh, that exists on Hollywood Boulevard that feels a little out of place in California. It doesn't uh. feel so out of place in New York where you're like, it just oh, yeah. smells all the time. Yeah. But Hollywood Boulevard is kind of that. They paint such an illusion of glitz and glamour there. And then you get there and you're like, oh, this place is really gross. And most of California has it a pretty effortless, uh, you know, little whimsy to it. Santa Monica Pier, even Venice Beach, which is a, which is a pretty dirty place. Has Oakland. A has a whimsy to it. Well, that's NorCal. That's an entirely <laughs> oh, different. I'm sorry. It's an entirely different place. Just Southern California. It's always warm. It's always sunny. That's not so bad. Now, the story that I really loved is when Disneyland first opened, surrounded by prostitutes and, like, dive bars and, like, the seediest of the Orange County filth all hung out in Anaheim. Because Anaheim, pretty dejected place until Disneyland moved in. That I would have liked to have seen. Now, I've been to all three. I've been to Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. I've been to Times Square, New York City. And what I'm going to add here is the Haight-Ashbury District yeah. of San Francisco. Okay. I've been to all three of these. I would say the one I would feel most comfortable walking around in would be L.A. Sure. Haight-Ashbury, man. Yeah. That place is sketchy. <laughs> like to go there and you're like, oh, there's so much history. It's, uh -huh. it's the uh, beat generation and the hippies and... You know, there's all these uh, bookshops, and the, it's yeah. all this great stuff. And then you walk around, and there's all these just sketched out people For sure. who are super just gacked out on something. And <laughs> Super uh, gacked out. My wife and I went there, uh, I want to say like two years ago. We just took a trip to San Francisco, and we started walking around. And there were at least like two people who followed us for a while yeah, because they could spot out pretty quick. We were tourists sure. and they were like, I'm going to steal from that person. See the, the hate Ashbury. There's, there's a, there's a lot of places in San Francisco that get pretty sketchy pretty quickly. Hmm. Um, but I think if you're going to say like the tourist area, it's probably the wharf in San Francisco. See, I feel, I felt fine at the wharf. That's what I, I mean. It was great. But I think that's, I think that's the place that I, at least in my mind, because I've been at San Francisco a bunch. My wife lived there before uh, we started dating. Um, and so we went back all the time once we got together and then got married. We tons of friends living there. But we would go in. The wharf was always the place where you go down. And that's that always felt like the tourist spot. Hey, Ashbury is somewhere you went because you enjoy folk music. And you went, this is going to be great. Folk literature, <laughs> not music. Don't put that on me. Don't you? I like the reading. I don't <laughs> like the music. Though I will say I like Bob Dylan. Even though Bob Dylan, after the 60s, kind of pieced out. Okay. So no Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. No, uh, what was that stupid name of that album for, uh, what's her face, Simon and Garfunkel? Rosemary and something. Uh, uh, Rosemary so the, Sage so Time. Rosemary Craft something. Dinner or something? It's something Rosemary's. Uh, Text line 55205. Yeah. Sage, Rosemary, and Time. Okay. I think it's something longer than that. Hmm. Now I gotta pull it up. 
Yeah, you do. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme. There you go. I knew there was another spice in there. Parsley seems a little out of place in there. I don't even know what thyme tastes like. Thyme's just one of those things you throw into a recipe because you were told to. So and then the at the end of the day, it's like, no, oh, it tasted good, so I guess the thyme works. Yeah, well, and it's also <laughs> one of those things that you buy if you're like, well, I'm going to make this recipe. i got a, got a lady friend coming over. I'm going to make dinner. This is going to be pretty sweet. Ooh, it says thyme. So you go and you buy it, and then you still have it, and just those few flecks of thyme have ever left your uh, your spice cupboard. Doesn't take and it just And it tucks into the back, and mm. it just sits there forever. I have thyme at home. Don't know what it's waiting for, but there's a lot of spices that uh, don't get touched a whole lot. The coriander doesn't get moved a whole lot. Mm. I got a nutmeg in there. I don't put nutmeg on anything. So, yeah, there's a lot Why not? of Just don't. Not a, not a huge nutmeg guy. Are you a big nutmeg? I I try. When was the last time you put nutmeg on something there, Mr. Darkens? I put it in my tuna salad once. 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 Once a while ago. Once. Very, very long time ago. Uh, I'll tell you what, nutmeg is good to to bring out the uh um what now? The uh, 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 uh the richness. Oh, is that what it's for? Is oh, nutmeg even nut? I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I'll tell you if I'm reaching for nutmeg, I'm probably going, Oh, that's not cinnamon. And then I grab the cinnamon. I'll throw some cinnamon on some French toast. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. That's good. Yeah, now See, you're talking. Cinnamon's uh, totally underutilized in my house. Like, I, uh-huh. I should think more how to do it because I have oatmeal at least once a week. And I'm thinking now, like, why the hell don't I put cinnamon on it? My wife has a cinnamon tragedy from earlier in her life that uh, makes it difficult for her to ingest cinnamon. Did she snort it? Almost. French toast, her brother thought it would be funny to hide a big pile of cinnamon in the middle of, like, her first bite. I don't know how he did it, but they were kids. And she took, like, the big bite. You know the cinnamon challenge? Yes. She did that before it was a thing and took, like, a full spoonful of cinnamon somehow. And her brother tricked her into doing it. So mm. now anytime she hears the word cinnamon. She gets triggered. It just. Ah! She's so, a cinnamon uh, hipster. Yeah. So if she's, out, if she's out of the house, I'll make French toast for the kiddos. You soak it in butter. So when the cinnamon hits it, it just melts into the French toast. You do the same thing with a little layer of uh, sugar on top. Yeah. Oh, man, that's good. Just soak it in butter. <laughs> soak it in butter. Well, it has to, listen, if the butter is not there to uh, absorb the cinnamon, then you get dry cinnamon. Nobody wants dry cinnamon. How much butter do you have at your house at any time? Oh, we do the uh, Costco load of butter. Oh, oh yeah. So I've, I, That's any, not a good sign, man. Why is there so much butter in your house? Because I eat a lot of butter. You can just substitute it with olive oil for cooking. Yeah, it doesn't work the same. Like eggs, you can't do olive oil Oh, that. you can do uh, Just throw some milk in you, there. What? Get yeah, out of here. Throw a little milk no. in. No, you cover the, you coat the bottom of the pan with butter, then you throw a couple eggs over easy on top. They just kind of bubble up on there. Eat them scrambled. Yeah. Just put the milk in. I'm not putting, I'm not, I'm putting melted butter in my waffle recipe. Don't you dare tell me otherwise. Butter goes on toast. Butter goes on grilled cheese. Butter goes on everything, my friend. If it says butter or cooking oil, mm. guess what I'm putting in? Butter. Because it's animal fat, so you know it's good for you. I can't believe you. What? Can't uh, believe you. Update. So, nutmeg yeah. is, in fact, nut. Hey, how about that? Well, there you go. I haven't read it, but I just looked it up on Google, and the first thing that showed up was a picture of what looks to be a nut with the word nutmeg below it. And so I'm just assuming at this point we're probably talking about nuts. I don't know if this will bring people hope or just uh, worry, but there seems to be either a relaxing or a complacency taking place in the 1080 The Fan Studios. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, hmm. we were all given our own uh, wind screens for our microphones. Mm-hmm. So it prevents that popping sound when I spit and pop my peas and all the things. You have aggressive peas. Oh, I do. I'll knock a pea out. And I have lazy I'll take S's. out a T, too. Yeah. Not afraid to pop my peas. Or... What, do you, what do you call it when you hit your T's hard? It's not popping. <laughs> Tackle my T's. When you hit your T's? Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, I don't even want to get that, bro. So we all got windscreens. Everybody got boxes to keep them in. It's basically a way to keep safe, right? If you were to contact somebody else's, you know, spit catcher, probably not great for uh, coronavirus safety. Well, in the studio right now, I can see three other windscreens that belong to somebody. Yeah. Just laying a boot. 
just strewn aboot the studio. Well, what, what do you expect? Well, I'm just saying. I don't know if it's it, it should be hopeful. No, because, it's not hopeful. Because people are relaxing or it should be worry because the complacency has set in. Yeah, let me, let, me, uh, let me just break it down here for you. When this whole coronavirus thing started, this place... I, I'm not. I'm not crapping you here. This place was the first thing I thought of. I go, oh, they're gonna screw that up. <laughs> and it's not the organization of Intercom, like our general manager or boss man or anybody else. It's the dudes. <laughs> it's the guys. They're dirty, yeah. lazy, and they don't give an s about any of this stuff whatsoever. Yes, we do. Because I'm they one don't. of the dudes. I'm one of the dudes. I care. I got my face I think mask. You and I got my face mask in my back more. pocket. Yeah. Uh, we we come in here, we clean the area, we make sure I come in here before the golf show, I disinfect everything, then I go wash my hands, I'm washing my hands like every 30 minutes. All the other guys, they got a stink about them. Yeah. Just my, a stink, a smell. My, I'm having a little, little bit of a, not panic, little, little anxiety bubbling up. The hand sanitizer's missing from in here. Swag is one of those people that's very cavalier about it. He takes... Very little effort. He pulls off his uh, his windscreen and leaves. He didn't wipe anything down. I don't see Swag doing a whole lot of cleanly uh, cleanly behavior before uh, he comes in. So he just burns out of here. So I've just been hitting the hand sanitizer. Gives me a little level of comfort. I like to touch my face. And I know I'm not supposed to. But knowing you can't because I haven't sanitized my hands, yeah. that's where it, now it's. Yeah. Yeah. So I need, to, I need to track down some hand sanitizer. You also need to shave. Why? Because it's been re- uh, recommended by the CDC. Like oh, you shouldn't whatever. have facial hair. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that, but uh, not happening. So, just Why, are you me. worried what people will think of you with no facial hair? Are you hiding something under there? Yeah. What is it? All kinds of birthmarks and scars. It's is it another penis? What's that now? Is it another penis? <laughs> On my face? You watch, uh, what was that movie where uh, Hugh Jackman had uh, balls on oh, his chin? Movie 43. Ugh, God, that was terrible. I just... Yeah, never mind. We're we're up against it. I was about to get into a rant about why a list celebrities do crappy movies, but money. I know it's money, but yeah. See, you're getting me into it. I know it's money, <laughs> but like, isn't money relative in regards to like, say, your Hugh Jackman? And at that point, like that movie, I think was probably ten years old. You're probably in your late thirties, early forties at that time. Don't you have a no whole other like twenty years of ability yeah. to make money? Yeah, like, like well, don't you not have to really take that role? Can't you just? But you that's know? that's also one of those movies where it was just it was like, here's the thing: you're gonna do the scene. We think it's hilarious. Kate Winslet's already on, or whoever, because it was her across from, I believe. That's right. So you go, oh, I get a chance to work with. I think that's a lot of it too. Is the agents just to get together? It's like, all right, I'll get my client in. If you get your client in, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. Things. You think the actors are just like, oh, they're fun. I'll, I'm yeah, sure yeah. I'll have fun on set. Exactly. And then they get there and they're like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Oh, well. But that's what that movie was. Not all movies, but that movie in particular because it's just littered with stars. That was probably and E.T. Was- and Harrison Ford when he took the teacher role, the weird teacher role he took in E.T. Harrison Ford is the science teacher in E.T. Yeah. And that was when he was still, I think, trying to uh, catch no, it was wasn't. this post-Indiana Jones? This is post-Indiana uh, Jones and Star Wars. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, but E.T. Spielberg. Yes. Spielberg produced Indiana Jones. Yes. And. But why is he just a science teacher? Because he need. No, he doesn't need that. No. He owed, it's he Harrison owed him a favor. Ford in the 90s. He, he can do whatever he wants. 80s. That's an 80s movie. Is it? Or yeah, late it. 80s? Or he owed him a favor. We'll look at the timeline. Uh, all right. There are sports things to talk about probably, and we will probably get to those next. Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan. Stay away from me. It's a new Randy Newman song that he wrote for COVID-19. Well, like Is that true? Yeah. just came out like the other day. A lot of people couldn't stand that, but you can. <laughs> Stay away from me. You'll be with me the, 24 the, hours the, the artwork on the cover album is well, Randy Newman with his hand like this and then a big X through his hand. He's like holding it up to his face like he's going to touch it. Stay then the big me. circle with the slash through it. Wash your hands. Red one. Yeah. Came across that this week. I was like, oh, Randy Newman, what a delightful entertainer. Randy Newman, a part of a list that you can continue right now. Top five people who have profited the most off of their weird voices. Oh. Newman's on there. Yeah, Randy Newman for sure. Uh, Tom Waits, who we played last week. 
Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried's interesting because Gilbert Gottfried, that's not his real voice. But it's a weird voice. It is, but he's hammed it up. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait was the same way. Those guys are just regular dudes. And then they went up and they did their stand-up. They just turned it into a character. Uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Bobcat I haven't met. met I've met God, uh, Gilbert Godfrey, who was weird because he was with a big group of people. Mm. And he was by far the quietest dude there. And this was, this was I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. So Gilbert Godfrey was, I think, only doing the Aflac duck. Not like the 80s and 90s where he was wildly popular. But it was just a bunch of people around him that were just like... What's the term for people that like stars and hang around them? Yeah. So a bunch of people that were like, yeah. Oh. So everybody was talking, making sure their voice was heard. He was just like, he was the calmest dude. Just didn't really care about anything. He was very zero F's given. Um, and then Larry, the cable guy, uh, not really Southern accent, dude. His name is Dan. He was on radio and one of his characters he did for a show was Larry the Cable Guy. And then he went and did a stand-up act using his character from the radio. And then he got success started to kind of uh, roll up. And he ended up becoming Larry the Cable Guy. But he, that's totally a character that was part of his stand-up. A lot of guys did that. So I won't say that he those guys succeeded on their weird voices. They used weird voices to succeed, which is different than what you're saying. So I'm trying to think of artists. So... Do you want to complete the list? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got like maybe three people from that. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Who else Who else do you got? Weird voices. Because I'm thinking singing different than... Yeah, and acting too. Some of them. Fran Drescher. She's there. Ah, yeah. Hey. I'm, yeah, I'm sure she hammed it up. I don't know. Hot. Uh, Completely hot. Yes. Fran Drescher, totally worth it. Did <laughs> watch The Nanny. Because that's like the weighing thing where you're like, oh, is the annoying voice worth this it is yeah bob dylan somebody brings up on the fan text line bob dylan used up used his weird voice to do that interesting fact about bob dylan is that when he did his 69 album um what was the country was album it, was it called 69 no uh, the album he did in 69 tennessee something i forget but he quit yeah. smoking and oh, he yeah. he didn't have the nasally voice anymore he had uh just kind of this kind of country pokey kind of voice. And yeah. so if you ever listen to any song off of that, you literally will say like, well, wait, this is Bob Dylan. It's very odd. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look at that one. Um, there's people that have like really great voices. Uh dude from rush was always somebody that like, is that a guy? Is that a girl? Mm. Like when you first hear it. So uh, what's his name? Is it Getty Lee? Getty Lee was the bass player. Okay. So what's, uh, what's the guy's name from, What's the singer's name from Rush? That guy. That guy has a weird voice. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Who's yeah? Who's the lead singer of Rush? That guy. Okay. Uh, who else? <laughs> what? <laughs> Get all mad at me. So wasn't Getty Lee? I remember the uh, prior segment you teased that there there had to be sports to talk about. Yeah, it wasn't so much that like there was. You were just like it was uh, almost as if you were like pleading like there's got to be something to talk about, right? <laughs> fan, fan text. I line. mean, fan text like Scott Stapp. Sigh. <laughs> <laughs> it is Getty Lee on the fan text line. Somebody is with me. There you go. That's the voice. Good one. So you asked me to get back to the list. I get back to the yeah. list and you go, oh, well, it's a quick answer. Good. All you got to do is just give me boom, boom, boom. I know, but it's, this is not something we pre-planned where you went, all right, we're both going to bring in our top five weird voices for artists. That That is, oh, yeah. so you think that's something normal that we would have show prepped that? I, we don't, what should we talk about today? You know something? No, I was no, listening but you're to expecting weird guys. me to have like a quick, quick response. You know who's got a little bit of a weird voice is uh, Ben Folds. Yeah. And Ben Folds, very much like Randy Newman, I think has made most of his money in the last 20 years doing soundtrack stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would yes. I would guess. I, I'm ben telling Folds you. is one of those people that I, I totally forgot existed. <laughs> like, there are yeah. celebrities like that where you'll totally forget. Like, here's one. John Popper from Blues Traveler. I bet you yeah. just totally forgot that guy actually exists. Until you bring it up. But yeah, yeah. you bring it up, and I go, oh, yeah, that's definitely a thing. No, uh, but you can't think of a time where you were like, oh, no, man, I was talking about Popper the other day. We were uh, chopping it up about old Blues Traveler albums. <laughs> uh, Joey Pants is one of those guys. Just got an, uh, I've seen a headline. The guy from Sopranos, Joe Pantaleone. 
Pantaleone. I never, I, uh, I never watched Sopranos. Oh, you never did? Nah. Hey, go to, go watch some Sopranos. I should. You my brother love has the gangster the, genre. My brother has the uh, the uh, the DVD series. The shoebox full of DVDs. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, I, I bought it for him for Christmas yeah. years back, and that thing is like a legit. Like it's the size of an old like '90s TV. Like it's huge. Yeah, but he's one Massive. of those. He was one of the stars of that show. He was just in a accident, car accident, a, a severe head injury, and I go, ah, oh, that sucks. That's usually what happens with the guys you totally forget about. But you bring up John Popper. I hope he's doing well. Like John Popper is one of those guys where it was like, eh, John Popper, something bad he's just sad. happened. Well, oh. you know, but like he got sick or died or whatever. And then yeah. you go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. That's usually when those guys come up. And that's why I bring up Joey Pants. Ah. You see what I'm saying? So NBA is postponing their draft. The NFL just had a huge success with their draft. 15 million people watched it. Is the NBA making a mistake by postponing it? Or everything else for the NBA is going to be postponed, including the start of next season. So who cares when they do it? Will, your thoughts? Oh. Uh, oh, I didn't know I should be prepared for this. Uh, you get on me. I thought you were teasing. No. no. I, mean, I probably should. Tonight. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, we will talk about yeah. that after this sports update. The break there, I did a little uh, digging into some of the most unique voices in music, and I don't think this list is easy, as easy to compile as you think it is. Part of me thinks that your voice has to be a certain amount of unique to stand out in any capacity. Kurt Cobain had a unique voice, but he wasn't on any of the lists that I found. Uh, you could say that uh, Freddie Mercury from Queen had a unique voice, but he didn't really stand out on any, on any lists that I found. So this is the third list that I found because the first two, I really didn't recognize anybody except for tiny Tim, who wasn't really that successful an artist. He was more of a novelty act with his ukulele and his, his screaming. So here's the one where there was a couple names on it where I could probably make an argument for unique voices standing out. Okay. Louis Armstrong is the number one on the list. That's definitely one that stands out, but do you think of him as a jazz Musician or a trumpet player? Or a jazz singer or a trumpet player? Uh, I don't know, an artist, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, I don't I don't go, oh, that guy also was Also a of, composer. Yeah, he wasn't one of the all-time songbirds of our generation. You're talking to Loki, small-knowledge jazz guy. Fair enough. Um, Bjork oh, is yes. on that list. That's one I probably could have. Yeah. Dude, have you ever heard the song Birthday by Sugar Cubes? No. That was the band she was in before she went solo. Listen to that song, and if you have no earthly knowledge of who Bjork is, you will soon find out. It is her <laughs> screaming. Like, literally, she is screaming for part of the song. Yeah. Like, I think she probably had to get, like, 20 feet from the mic <laughs> so it wouldn't just, like, completely bust out. Yikes. And what's the what's the song? She hot. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Like that swan dress? Yes. The video where she's all uh, ex machina, all roboted up. Mm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, number three on the list, Snoop Dogg. Nah, I don't agree with that. Okay. That's this. Again, this is what, yeah. what I'm saying. This is somebody took the time to do it. You put me on the spot and go, quick, top five weirdest voices. And I instantly yeah. went to music. Yeah. You know, I, I guess I, you know, I had high expectations and you didn't meet them. So hey, listen, keep that, going. Go that's ahead. fair. Number four, Barry Gibb. Barry, yeah, Barry. BG, that's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, number five, I get to it, and I don't recognize the guy. Uh, Horace Andy. Uh, they said Liam Gallagher of Oasis at six. I don't really see that. Eh. Another guy I don't recognize at seven. Nina Simone at eight. Uh, another guy I don't recognize at nine. And Curtis Mayfield at ten. I'm just saying, a little harder to put together that list than you think. And you were crapping on me for not having it at the ready, un unprepared to just throw out the list of uh, people with crazy voices. Let me tell you something, man. Just like my idol who walked out of here, what is it now, hour and a half ago, Mel Kuyper? Oh, yeah. I don't stand down, all right? Hey, you bring it. Joe Cocker on the uh, fan text line is a good one. Oh, yeah. Joe Cocker was good. Great voice. But, again, that's what you expect from an artist. You go, oh, that guy had a great voice. 
or a unique voice or whatever. That's how you become uh, become a star. You have to find your sound. Hey, you know, watch any uh, music biopic, and it's like, oh, if we can just get John Cash to find his sound, if we can just get Jerry Lee Lewis to find his sound, if we just find our sound, the Temptations, if we can just find our sound. This is how Motown was built. Find your sound. Danny Aiello. That's right. Oh, um, my gosh. If we could just get Rick Astley to find a sound. Oh, my gosh. Danny Aiello. <laughs> oh, smokes. Okay. So, NBA. We're going to get into sports. We're okay. 39 minutes into the show. Okay. I'm ready. I've been ready. Here's a question. I posed this before the break, like 14 minutes ago. The NBA has decided to move back their draft. The NFL just had a wild amount of success with their draft because there's mm. no competition for eyeballs. 15 million-plus people watched the NFL draft. I watched every second of the first round. I probably watched 75% of the second round. I even watched big chunks of the, thir the, the third day, fourth through seventh round. Mm -hmm. So is the NBA making a mistake by pushing back their draft? At least it gets people talking about the league or... Has the NBA postponed everything else, including, you know, not really making a decision on the end of this season? They're now talking about pushing back the start of next season. Does it matter if they postpone the draft at all? No, because the NBA draft sucks, and it's sucked for about five years. I mean, honestly, it really has. Okay. It's, it's your chance to reinvent it. It's incredibly short, um, and I know that's by design because... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, the best part, I think that they really screwed up the NBA draft lottery. Yeah. The lottery's better than the draft. The draft is stupid because of the fact you have one and done players. You don't even friggin' know these guys most of the time. Yep. The only guy you're honestly going to know and anticipate is James Weissman. And sure. then once he gets picked, you're going to go, oh, thanks, and then turn it off. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what you're going to do. You're going to wait for him to get picked by the Golden State Warriors. Then you're going to gripe and bitch on Twitter about it. Not you. I'm just talking to sports fan. Yeah. And then once you're done with that, you're going to turn it off and you're going to turn on some movie. And that's it. And the NBA draft sucks because of everything that is going on with college basketball right now. Yep. Is the fact that you're not developing talent. You're not letting a viewer base basically try to get to know or to, I don't know, better evaluate guys in college so that whatever they did in college, you can carry over to the next team with whatever expectations you have. And you just get guys like, again, James Weisman, who played for what, 12 games? Uh, yeah, I think 11. 11 games? Yeah. Yeah, played for 11 games. I have no idea what James Weisman's like. <laughs> I've maybe watched one game, and I have no idea if he's going to be good in the NBA. And I don't even have enough information to really uh, speculate if he'll be good or not. Yeah, and you watch a competition that they play against. Nobody's playing no. the same style of NBA basketball. No. And, and this is why the NBA has come out with now a development plan for these young players who don't have to go to college. They can go straight into the G yes. league. You know what the most exciting part of the NBA draft was last year? It was when Bull Bull wore that stupid Spider-Man suit. That was it. The other, the other question I have for you is does the pushing back of the draft lottery suggest to you that the NBA really wants to finish the 2019, 2020 season before they move on to anything else? And is that a good decision if they do? Uh, I would say it's not a major indicator. I think at this point, the NBA is just playing it so safe that they have whatever PR team compiled that said, look, anything that is supposed to be a live event that is going to be in the 2020 calendar, just cancel that ish. Just get rid of it. Yeah. Don't pay attention to it. You should probably be looking ahead to the next season. That's why there's more talk over this recent news that they're thinking of starting uh, the new season in December. Yep. That you wouldn't finish off whatever's left of it because at this point, I think everybody's kind of lost momentum of the season. I well, mean, sure, of course. They have. Yeah. Uh, CJ McCollum this week said he hasn't shot a basketball in 30 days. Yeah. And really, fans, I think, have lost momentum of whatever narrative was created yeah. from the NBA season. I mean, you, you can what, still What, are there say, nine games left in the regular yeah. season or something like that before we would start the playoffs? I mean... You can yeah. get you can get momentum back because people are chomping at the bit to see yeah. live sports. So if you put out the games, dude, if tomorrow you heard that the Washington Wizards were going to play against the Phoenix Suns live, dude, they would hit 8 million people watching that game, and nobody cares about those two teams. Sure. So I, I guess how I look at it is that if you're the NBA, you're playing the long game at this point. Yeah. Don't rush to try to get the product back onto the field. Now, a, a league that is going to rush once this thing starts to carry over into fall. <laughs> they don't play on a field. <laughs> it's basketball. They play on a court, idiot. So uh, the league that's going to rush 
going to be the NFL. Yeah. They want to get they're they're talking about dropping their full 17 game schedule. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's not only that, it's that the NFL like pulls in you know, like a lot of money yeah. and like when the virus is still spreading in fall and it has its second wave and whoa, we get, whoa, whoa, speculation. Yeah, right. Uh, and we get our second stay at home orders and the NFL starts freaking out because we won't be able to gather and have dudes play football. And then they'll also look at it and go, well, we can't play with no fans because we're still going to get these players sick because football is literally dudes touching each other yeah. constantly. Well, yes, but there's also really sweaty and uh, yes. Yeah. Full thing. Yeah, Just full I, face mask yeah. shields. I think the NBA at this point, you know, it, it's really not a big deal that they canceled the draft or the lottery uh, because for the most part, I think a lot of NBA fans pay more attention to the, the kind of legacy players. Yeah. I mean, you're paying more attention to Kevin Durant's recovery. You're paying more attention to LeBron getting his last possible ring. You're paying attention to the idea that Giannis Antetokounmpo could be the next best player in the league. And so I think when you look at these unproven rookies who have either played just one year in college, barely, or played in the European League, or you're like Anthony Simons and you went to some stupid alternative league, you don't really care until you can prove it. Whoa, he went to the uh, IMG Academy. Oh, IMG Academy, yeah. Um, Fan text line, just give the Lakers a trophy. And I don't even like the Lakers, but who cares? Give LeBron an honorary finals MVP and let Kawhi and Jordan be angry. See, that's the other thing, too. You know, everybody's kind of, like, griping about, like, oh, well, there's no, like, finality to this last season. Like, there's nothing that makes me feel like like we gained anything. It's like, dude, just give it a, as a fan, who cares? Yeah, well, seriously, I would, I would much rather watch the end in some fashion, the end of this season, then hurry up so we can watch the start of next season. Dude, you can do an I would much dude play eh. play a 30 game season next year and try to finish this out even even if it's a modified one. We have some proposals on deck for not only how they can play it, but where they can play it. We'll get to those in hour 2, but first we need to get to good versus evil. We'll do that next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint right here on 1080 the fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the what has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. And when you talk about what the Patriots generally value in quarterback play, they boil it down to two things. Accuracy and decision making. And Stidham has really rated favorably from a statistical standpoint over his career. So really what they're doing, Greeny, is they're trying to put the pieces around Jared Stidham to put him in the best position to succeed. Yeah, rocket music. I love it. That was a guy with dorky looking face, but incredibly hot body, Mike Reese. Here's a name we haven't heard or uh, been mentioned in a while, Cam Newton. The New England Patriots are now betting favorites in Vegas to sign Cam Newton. It just proves how stupid Vegas is. However, the Pats had reportedly shown zero interest in signing him. Their current starter is Jared Stidham. And the red rifle Andy Dalton is someone I suppose you could hire. <laughs> if you were Robert Kraft, what is your next move after your massage? Well, first, uh, first move you have, obviously, the massage. Second, uh, you stay out of Bill Belichick's way. Just let him. Here's his first opportunity in two decades to basically put together the team that he wants to uh, without thinking about the quarterback's feelings or salary or whatever. Tom Brady was always willing to take the hometown discount. Obviously, that made things easily. They up easier. They upset him with the whole Jimmy G and the conversations about possibly moving on from a 47-year-old quarterback. <gasps> How dare you insult me like that? So Tom Brady is gone. This is Bill Belichick's chance to prove out what of a genius he is. I think he gets all the rope that he needs from Robert Kraft to do that. And I don't, I don't think you build around Cam Newton. He's hasn't been durable enough over the last however many years. And if accuracy and decision making are what you're looking for, uh, not the strong suits for uh, that Auburn quarterback. But apparently, Mr. Stidham, the other Auburn quarterback, has those. So go for it. And I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But like, I'm so tired of people trying to pretend Cam Newton's still good. 
it's not even that he's that Dude, he's, he's not good anymore. I understand what you're saying, but I yes. don't think anybody knows what you're going to get from him. And even if I you don't get, know, I know what I'm going to get from him. Even if you get the best of Cam Newton, are you going to get him for 17 games? I doubt that very much. I've seen the best of Cam Newton in the past five years. It's not that great. And I think we're talking about it because Brett Favre spoke for Aaron Rodgers. The bridge is burned. He wants out. Don't be surprised if now he wants to go somewhere else. Well, again, none of this is shocking to me. Before I get into that, it just kind of sounds like he's just saying things. Yes, it does. That's guy who took roids two years too long, Skip Bayless. Reports out of Green Bay from the, uh, the Athletics' Bob McGinn, who's been reporting on the Packers for practically forever say that Packer head coach Matt LaFleur is pretty much just sick of Aaron Rodgers and that moving up into the first round of last week's draft to select Nevada QB Jordan Love was a shot across the bow. Then Brett Favre told Rich Eisen this past week that Aaron Rodgers would finish his career somewhere else. Two questions. Was LaFleur's pick out of spite, mainly, or... Oh, I'm sorry. And do you think A-Rod will uh, play with a different jersey on down the road? I don't like calling him A-Rod, so let's not do that again because uh, it confuses me. Because There's already another guy that's A-Rod uh, that nobody likes. So if we have two A-Rods that nobody likes, it'll just be confusing. How about this, Rod? What now? Um, there, there's a theory out there that Either way this works out, if you piss off Aaron Rodgers and he takes that momentum onto the field and performs better, or if you piss off Aaron Rodgers and he takes that momentum and leaves town, either way you're probably in a better spot. You need him to realize that he isn't untouchable. Drafting a quarterback in the first round signifies that. And the, either way that he responds, the Green Bay Packers are in a better position. Again, I go back to the idea that really is Jordan Love that guy that's worth taking that chance on? I don't know enough about him. I didn't watch any Utah State last year. I remember that he was one of the guys that they were looking at going into last year, and he had a really bad senior uh, or a, a final campaign at Utah State. So I don't know if he's necessarily that guy, but the plan is to push Aaron Rodgers to either get better or get out. So step one seems to have worked. We'll see what happens next. Champions. Champions, you have certain emotions. And I've said this many a times. Looking back over the years, had we had the opportunity to do it all over again, I think all of us would make a different decision. Now, me, myself, personally, I've paid a heavy price for that decision. That was certified D-bag Isaiah Thomas. Episodes three and four of ESPN's docuseries on the Bulls, The Last Dance, focused on the animosity between Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. Much was made about the Pistons' exit from the 1991 Eastern Conference Finals when Detroit lost, then just pretty much left the court without shaking the Bulls' hands. Do you think any worse of Zeke after reliving the whole debacle and seeing the episodes? No, I mean, he's done a wonderful job. I guess job. does your opinion change? Well, no, because most of my opinions is uh, of how great his coaching career was and how much, how much of a gomer he's been since he left his playing career behind. He was a very good player. Uh, they had the uh, conversations about Isaiah Thomas and how unlikable he was as a player when the Dream Team documentary came out a few years, and it mm -hmm. was odd that one of the best players in the NBA was left off of that in favor of Christian Leitner, who was on there, but I think maybe they had to have a college player. But Isaiah, who's the other point guard? Uh, the other point, John Stockton was on there. But there had to be another one, right? Um, Gary Payton. Ooh, that's a very good question. I think so. That sounds right. Either way, Isaiah Thomas being left off of that team uh, already gave me an insight into the playing career. This is just adding on to what I've already thought about him. If he'd have come out and said, uh, you know, uh, the the reason we made that decision was, you know, to help cure kids cancer or something like that. Uh, then you would have went, oh, maybe he was trying to do other things. It, it was Magic Johnson. Oh, tough. It, it? Yeah, I, I kind of feel, you know, this is a whole other conversation, but, and I'm probably going to get just completely pooped on by 80s basketball heads. I didn't really think Isaiah Thomas was that good. You didn't watch enough basketball no, back then. I, no, I you did. did not. Shut I've up. I've gone back and watched the oh, highlights. Yeah, the highlights. Shut up. Dude, he was, he was good, but Yes, like, he was very good. Eh. 
He was fine. Yeah, he's the best player on a back-to-back championship team. Come on, get out of here. He's, I can't, I don't know. Okay, he's very good. Either way, what made him good? His ability to play basketball. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I forgot about that. I'm not going to pretend that I watched a ton of it. Isaiah Thomas was a very good basketball player. The Pistons were a very good team. There are, there are. See, a- and I think this is what gets to the core of it. And this is what a lot of people said afterwards from the episodes three and four was that like. They looked at how the Pistons played, and people went back and watched highlights, and they go, oh, yeah, that team really wasn't that good. They just beat the crap out of everybody, and Michael Jordan didn't have enough help yet. Yeah, well, you They still literally did. caught it the right time where it was like, oh, yeah, they won't seriously foul you if we just beat the living crap out of everyone, and we don't score really any points, and then Bill Lambeer just becomes the most hated player in the NBA. But here's a question. So you watched the documentary. Yes. Um, you have the Scottie Pippen migraine. Mm. It's game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, 1990. Scotty Pippen gets a migraine headache. He can't see. He performs poorly. They get housed mm. by Detroit. Detroit goes on to play the Blazers. They win their second of two. Yeah. If Jordan has Pippen in that game and they win that game, mm-hmm. they never go on to do their first ever weight training program in Chicago Bulls history. And Jordan... The funny thing is the first half of that documentary, when you go back and watch old Jordan, he's a rail and he's faster than everybody else. And he's still acrobatic and all of those things. Fit. The Jordan I remember though, is that bigger, bulkier Jordan who was nineties Jordan. Absolutely. And you realize that if the bulls had won, even if they lost to the trailblazers, they would not have come back with the spite and fury that they did to kind of gel as a team to become bigger, faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you wonder if the Bulls ever become the Bulls in that scenario. So you just realize that there's these micro moments in there that you go, man, if that didn't happen, I wonder. The Pistons, on the other hand, were a constant in that. They were not one of those, oh, they were only there because of this one moment. Yes, I get that they played a rough style of basketball that is outlawed now in the NBA, but they still had to score enough points to win those games. They didn't just beat the the Bulls. They also beat the Celtics. They also beat the Cavs, who are a very good team that was pointed out. They in also there. beat the Celtics, a team that basically I, was one year past its prime. Sure. Okay. Sure. But somebody had to beat I, them. I, I just, I, you'll never convince me about Detroit being actually a good team. Okay. I think it was okay. just, I literally think it was right place, right time. That's it. Fair enough. But I, I mean, I, I give more credit to the Dallas Mavericks of 2010 than them. Wow. Like, I, I hold them that, higher. That than team the team that won one championship versus the yeah, one, two. I, I literally do. Because I think Dirk Nowitzki is better than anybody on that Detroit Pistons team. I honestly think that. And I would really challenge you to try to prove me wrong on that. Uh, because if your argument's Isaiah Thomas, it, it's going to get pretty thin. <laughs> and if you're going to throw Bill Lambeer out, it gets even worse. Really? What if I throw... Rick Mahorn. Ooh, what about Joe Dumar? John for some reason, everybody said's really good, but you look at his numbers and you go, oh, wait, no, he's he's really not that great. What did they say about him in the doc? Great defender. Oh, that's right. They did. That's code well, word right. for... Uh, he, he was the other guy in the yeah. team. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny because you're going to go through the entire roster and trash all the other players. That's right. And then... And then still not give Isaiah Thomas credit. That's right. Okay, perfect. Just want to make sure that everybody around him was garbage. Oh, so if right. you're trying to say any yeah. of those guys were good. Yeah, and then he pointed to the best player. Yeah. And he didn't have he didn't get better by no. everybody else getting worse. Okay, no, no, perfect. No, no, no. Make sure you're make sure we're not sure uh, oh, yeah. your argument holds water. Yeah. Alright, do your favorite story, you dummy. Oh yeah. Alright, time for my favorite story. This one comes from California. Vallejo, if I'm pronouncing that right. Your headline, official resigns after throwing cat during online meeting. <laughs> nice. Get out of here, Mittens. Meow. A planning commissioner of the Vallejo, I don't know, California has resigned after throwing his pet cat and apparently drinking a beer during a Zoom meeting. Wait, wait. was the cat drinking the beer or he was drinking the beer? Uh, there's no comma, so I think it's him. Okay, got it. During the April 20 teleconference... Don't drink my beer, kitty! Meow. Planning Commission, Chris Platzer, incredible name, <laughs> announced, quote, I'd like to introduce my cat, unquote. And then he picked the cat up before suddenly tossing the animal off screen. Throwing or tossing? Those are two different things. I'll toss my cat. 
AP uh, says tossing, and yeah, I, I also agree with this. I have two cats, and I have regularly tossed my cats before. Yeah, I'll jump up on your lap and start kind of scratching you a little. You just take them. Well, yeah, but I'll toss them just because the cat kind of enjoys the whole being tossed. <laughs> the cat's into it. The cat. <laughs> yeah, first thing you learn about cats, they always land on their feet, right? How do we know that? You toss your cat. My cat up to snuff, it's going to land on his feet, you toss him. You put him upside down, you toss him, they flip over, still land on their feet, you go, wow. Who hasn't done that? Pletzer was seen sipping from a green bottle during the meeting, the Times-Herald, which... Could have been O'Doul's. I guess he's a uh, local paper report. And after the conference ended, he could be heard making derogatory remarks saying, quote, I'm going to call bull bleep on you little bitches, <laughs> according to the original commissioned video released by uh, the city. So he's drunk is why he got fired, not for yeah. tossing his cat. Okay. I think everybody just got really concerned because he uh, he just gave yeah. his, his cat maybe maybe an aggressive toss, and maybe they didn't see the couch on the side where no, the cat here, safely no, landed. No. Here's what happened. They had a list of things that got the dude fired, and somebody went, and one of them was tossing a cat. That'll make a good headline. That's the one that just made it up. It sounds like he had a pretty bad Zoom meeting. And uh, one of the things that he did in there was tossing his cat. Did you see me put my cat on the conference we had yesterday? <laughs> no, I was. Big. I put my cat up. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody just kind of looked like this. Yeah, that's odd. Really. That's like 30 people on uh, one screen. I couldn't see That anything. wasn't smart. I, I mean, I'm glad we had the meeting. But yeah. Like, why is everybody on this Zoom call? Yeah. Or go to meeting. Well, you do. That's where you, that's where you implement the go to webinar. Oh. It's a different thing. You only put the presenters up there. Hey, a few of us would like to say a few words. You put those people on the screen. You don't need everybody on there. But, hey, it's tough. We can't we can't see people face-to-face. -face. We're in a, a new world, uncertain times. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. All right, so uh, sports. The final frontier. If we can't play sports in the real world, where can we play sports? There are two magical locations that have been suggested we will discuss those in hour two of the Center of the Saint right here on Portland Sports Leader, 1080 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.